0: While most people can agree that healthcare in the United States is ailing, what they can't agree on is the cure. Can our current system be fixed, or does something else need to take its place? Is Medicare for all the answer? But what is it? How would it work? On this episode of The Best of Health, we talk with two medical experts to ask them about possible solutions to our national healthcare crisis. There are few things more important to your life than your health. You want the best of it. We want the best of it for you. That's why we're giving you The Best of Health podcast, where we cover a number of healthcare issues that affect you, your family, as well as the physicians, providers and staff that help you on your healthcare journey, right here at Confluence Health. In our previous conversation on The Best of Health, we talked about the fact healthcare in America is sick. The way we receive, the way we're charged for it, the way we pay for it, our healthcare system needs to change somehow. Now, let's talk about what to do about it. Can we even talk about political solutions without everyone getting tribal? My name is Clint Strand, and once again, we welcome in Confluence Health CEO Dr. Peter Rutherford and Chief Medical Officer Dr. Stuart Freed to our conversation. Dr. Rutherford, always glad to have you. Thanks, Clint. Dr. Freed, thanks for taking time out yourself. Thank you, Clint. To start out, we all agree that our current healthcare system, from the way it's working to how we get our care to how it's approved by insurance to how we pay for it, needs to change. To lay the groundwork on this, I recommend listening to our previous Best of Health podcast about the politics of healthcare, but now. Now let's talk about solutions. We're hearing a lot about Medicare for all. It is election season, by the way. We can really drown in the details here, guys. But big picture, would it work for us? Dr. Rutherford, I'll I'll point the question at you first. Would Medicare for all be a viable solution? I think Medicare
1: for all is too generic a term to know what it really means.
0: Has it been too co-opted by the political process to even be useful anymore? Yes. Then how would we approach that question then? How shall I articulate it so we can actually go about finding answers?
1: Well, I would argue that we need to make sure we all are working off the same set of assumptions to begin with. Sounds good? Some of those assumptions that I think we as a country have made is that health care is a priority for this country to provide for everyone who lives in this country. The second assumption is that there is a cost to provide that
0: service. It isn't free. It is not free. Someone pays for it somewhere.
1: That's the third assumption, is that someone's got to pay.
0: Didn't mean to get ahead of
1: you there. But you did
0: fine. Thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Freed, what would you add to that?
2: I think I'd go back to a quote I used from Deming at the first podcast is that every system is designed perfectly to get the results it gets. So if you were going to redo this whole thing, I think one of the first things you need to do is, is decide what results do you want to attain in a new design? So I think it's, it's tough politically because politically we want to just throw out a soundbite answer like Medicare for all or single payer or whatever it is, or the opposite of that. Don't let government get, get in my health care. But the reality is in order to redesign the system, you have to have a goal in mind. What is it you're trying to accomplish? And I do think there are some big bucket or big issue things that need to be prioritized by our society in order to know what is it you're trying to do. I'm fully confident we could do that, but that to me would be the first task to decide, okay, is it making sure that everyone has access to basic care? Is it making sure that we have access to healthcare innovation? Is it making sure that everyone has access to emergency or acute care? Those are critical questions, and the reality is you, you kind of can't do everything, and right now we're, we're pretending we can
0: so what you're saying, Dr. Freed, is that for us to get this system to work again, we really need to adapt our expectations of healthcare. care. We need those expectations to evolve, to Correct. reflect reality. Correct. Okay. So I'm going to propose a new term here. Instead of saying Medicare for all or uh, one of those terms, I'm going to propose best for the most. And I use best in air quotes here. I'm basically saying apportioning out healthcare so that the most people receive the greatest amount of care instead of what we referred to in our last podcast as uh, hero health care. Right where twenty percent of what was that? What was that uh, quote again? Where a very small amount of the five percent, five percent of the people receive how much of the care? It's fifty percent of the expense goes to about five percent. All right. So best for the most in one corner. What we just described in the other corner. There. One of the main challenges I think people have with wrapping their mind around a best for the most option is the perception that it would have to be nationalized and hence the perception that the individual would lose all choice. That I have a choice in the matter right now and that I would lose all choice because this becomes a national thing. Is that loss of choice real? Is that something that people should worry about in their mental calculus on how to rejigger this whole thing, Dr. Rutherford?
1: I think it's huge. And it's a huge perception, but not a huge reality. And I would argue that when people talk about what we want from a healthcare system, we need to, as Stu said, look at it from that perspective, but also what's most important in our healthcare system. Is it the quality of the care that we get or the outcomes that we get? Is it the safety of that care or the lack of harm? Is it the experience of that care? Is it the access or the availability? Is it the total cost? Is it the scope of services close to home?
0: And you are simply articulating the questions that we need to really talk about. Because you can't
1: have all of those. You've got to pick what you're going to have and what you're not going to have. And we aren't having that discussion in this Medicare for All. We're promising everything when it isn't
0: going to work. Dr. Freed, do you agree? I do.
2: I think that the reality right now, though, is that people have very limited options in their health care many times now. If they do have insurance, oftentimes they're signed into a narrow network and the uh, reduction in options are imposed on them by the stakeholders that bought that coverage for them, their employer, etc., to get a a deal that was palatable for the company that was cost effective. The other significant limitation in options for care for many, many Americans right now is just the sheer expense. I think many people have a deductible that's $5,000 or more for themselves and their family.
0: For your average American family, that's insane. Right. The average American can
2: only lay their hands on about $1,100. So that limits my options for healthcare pretty significantly. Yeah. We're still the number one reason for bankruptcy in the United States by a lot is, is my profession. So I would say that right now our options are significantly limited. So if we have a more rational conversation about what we want out of healthcare and how that transaction should take place and how we want to allocate our resources, whether that's a national system or hopefully more nuanced as a system that we design both with our employers and federally because some of us are retired, et cetera, that that's more of a transparent transaction, that hopefully we can maintain more options than we have right now. Because right now, our primary limitation is people can't afford what we're selling.
0: You make all the sense in the world. And that really plays into what this particular podcast is about delving into those big, uncomfortable questions we as a nation need to have to really make substantive improvements in our care. I mean, we as a nation, and again, disabuse me of my ignorance if I'm talking out of turn here, but I feel like we need to have a national conversation about do we really want best for the most care, even if it means we don't have the resources to fight those singular individual toughest cases that cost a million or more per patient. I mean, really, when you get down to it, that's what it comes down to, right? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Thank you for being gentle with slapping me around here. But but what, what else is part of this equation? I think the biggest
2: part of this equation is, again, having honest, transparent conversations and being willing to be courageous about that. There are times when hero medicine is very appropriate and we should be spending big dollars on one or two cases. But many times the reason we're spending a lot of money, maybe futilely and maybe not even in the best interest or wishes of the patient because we simply haven't had that conversation. We didn't spend the time before it was a crisis to know whether or not this was really what this patient wanted, that this met the goals that they had for their life. And we waste a lot of money doing extraordinary measures in that regard. If we did more of that, we might still be able to innovate and be the best and the brightest in healthcare for the world, and be the best for the most, and do some hero medicine, but do it in an appropriate fashion. And right now, we're doing it just willy-nilly and kind of without forethought.
0: As a healthcare system and representing healthcare in our nation, what happens over the next year, over the next few years, over the next decade, if we simply keep yelling at each other from both sides of the aisle and stay with the status quo, which is what will happen if no substantive work gets done? What happens? Dr. Rutherford?
1: I think we're in the midst of a race to the bottom, and I think you will see the system collapse because people won't be able to afford the health care that they need, and availability and scope will reduce.
0: Dr. Freed?
2: I completely agree. I think from a hospital health care system standpoint, we will find it harder and harder to continue comprehensive services because the margin that we are operating under, our ability to reinvest, fix the leaky roofs, buy a new CT scanner, etc., will, will erode because there simply won't be enough money in the system uh, because we're we're running an unsustainable economic model.
0: We are in a race to the bottom. Dr. Rutherford, those are stark words. So you tell me, for the timeline that we're looking at here, is the iceberg just over the horizon or is it just about to graze the side of the ship? I think it's
1: somewhere in between, that we have time to fix this if we are willing to take the appropriate efforts in the next few years, we can tide it
0: through. Tough questions, but good answers. Uh, Dr. Stuart Fried and Dr. Peter Rutherford, anything you two would like to add, anything that we've missed before we let you go today?
1: I do want to add that health care can't fix this by itself. This needs to be a community and a regional and a state and a national conversation. And we need to look at why we're where we're at and what each of us can contribute to improving this dilemma. What are we doing individually as behaviors? Where are our social supports? Where are our personal accountabilities? And then what is the accountability of the healthcare system?
2: I agree with Peter completely. I also think that we need to have those hard conversations and make some tough decisions, but make them for our kids. This isn't for us. We probably won't get it fixed for us, for Dr. Rutherford and I. But we should be making these hard decisions for the benefit of our children. Because otherwise, we're going to hand them a four-star mess that might not be fixable.
0: Dr. Stuart Freed, thank you so much for your time. You bet. Dr. Peter Rutherford, thank you so much for your time. It's been fun, Clint. Well, this conversation is over, but more is on the way. So like us, subscribe, and visit us at confluencehealth.org. I'm Clint Strand for Confluence Health, wishing you the best of health.